0: This is going to be weak. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, kids. Ultron here. Uh, Today, we'll be discussing exclusively, I assume, how the vision could have stopped the Infinity War in three seconds flat. So who's the real villain? there are no strings on me it's the infinity watch podcast
1: Well, I know what my nightmares are going to be about tonight, and it's that voice specifically. (laughs) Welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. We are in season two, episode 35. My name is Tommy, and I'm joined by my co-host, James Spader.
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of, so I was having difficulty. uh, It's kind of James Spader and also kind of uh, the fake Mandarin voice
1: oh yeah like the you'll never see me coming but their voices are very similar so i think the uh like the fake james spader because it's not him yeah yeah in the show i think it's you know i don't think you can really imitate james spader very easily um and they also have some kind of effects on his voice right I don't know if you're going to throw some on in post or something. <laughs> and I will not be doing right. that. <laughs> and that was what I assumed the answer was. Um, <laughs> great impersonation regardless. <laughs> Welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. We are here this week to continue our journey down season one of Marvel's What If. Obviously, this week, episode eight, talking about What If Ultron One. Mm,
0: what if the Vision wasn't an absolute little bitch and killed Thanos in three seconds? That's all I want to talk about.
1: Hot take, what if this show had a good episode?
0: Wow, I like this one. So this should be,
1: this should be interesting. So uh, we will see what we think about episode eight out of nine for this first season uh, of Marvel's What If after we go through the news. Because let me tell you, I think we're in the heyday. I think we're in the good times of Marvel fandom right now. Ooh, I really do. I was going through the news this week, and I'm like, this shit is fucking bananas. The characters we're getting, just everything that's happening, all the content we're getting, it is insane. We used to have like one to two movies a year that we would wait six months to go see in a theater exclusively. And now it's just like, you don't really have to go to the theater too much unless, you know, you want to see it in a month early or whatever. And we're just getting shit just thrown at us. That's fucking awesome. And so I'm feeling the good vibes this morning. Let's jump into it. I love it. Uh, all right. James Gunn. Well, this, the article starts off saying James Gunn says, and I'm like, of course he does. He's always on Twitter. <laughs> um, he says the Guardians of the Galaxy special will introduce one of the greatest MCU characters of all time. Um, and I think the internet already figured this out. Mm. It's gonna be Santa Claus, right? <laughs> <laughs> I- the Marvel universe has its own version of Santa Claus. And I think he's just fucking with us because he said, in my incredibly subjective and admit admittedly often odd opinion, we'll be introducing one of the greatest MCU characters of all time in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special interest i mean maybe
0: i just googled it and marvel santa claus is like super ripped so that's he's that's, a mutant oh
1: he is a mutant
0: interesting yeah. i wonder if he will be a mutant well, i mean if if it even is that character i wonder if he'll be a mutant uh in that moose show movie
1: special whatever they're calling it yeah, i think it's just going to come directly to disney plus i'm sure it'll just be like an yeah. hour long type deal but uh they're filming it alongside guardians of the galaxy volume three um so that'll all be filmed together but apparently santa claus debuted in strange tales 34 in 1955 oh, predating my. all of the avengers except for captain america <laughs> jesus christ yeah i uh I don't know. I mean, I'll watch it. I
0: think I'm on record. I do not care about this Christmas special at all. I think Christmas specials are dumb almost 100% of the time. Uh, but I'll watch it. I hope it's entertaining. And if it, if there's a crazy ripped version of a mutant Santa Claus, it probably will be.
1: I really think that this special will really just be a way of maybe not having to do as much as much exposition in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. At least that's my thought. Like, I don't think it'll all just be like funny, silly nonsense that has no consequence. I really think it'll just be like a nice little bridge between like the large gap between Guardians of the Galaxy volume two and three. I think I would be my only problem with it
0: is just that it's a Christmas special. Like if this was like this is Guardians of the Galaxy 2.5, I'd be like super down. But but yeah, I don't know why just why make it. And I don't even dislike Christmas things like the Hawkeye trailer looks so good. But like Christmas, just don't call it a Christmas special. There's never been a good Christmas special ever. You're cursing. it.
1: It's definitely like just like following (laughs) along the shtick that, you know, the Star Wars Christmas special trying to make it funny. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I don't have any like strong feelings either way about the whole special thing. I'm just happy we're getting more content from Guardian stuff. So uh, it's been a while yeah, since we've true. seen them. True.
0: I got a uh, l- let me let me admit to the audience. I'm extremely hungover right now, and I feel like I'm coming in very negative. So I'm going to try to switch that up right now. Switch. All right. Positivity um, right here. Get this man some electrolytes, please. I've been a piece of toast. I've been down in liquid IVs all morning.
1: Okay, dude, shout out to Eric by the way cuz I started using Liquid IV. We're not sponsored by them. Yeah. We do not get any any money we should uh from them, but holy shit, that stuff is amazing. It's the
0: it's incredible. Like I it really blows me away
1: how effective it is. I got like a 30 pack from Costco the other day. I heard um,
0: Costco had I got to I got to pick some up the next time I'm at Costco. That is the move. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I had uh, I think passion fruit and strawberry or something Ooh. like that. But uh, yeah, you know, I played tennis the other day with my buddy, Ben, and I took some, uh, you know, I just drank, you know, you just, it's dust that goes into water and then you mix it Dust. That's an interesting word. I don't know why I call it dust, (laughs) but um, I drank it like an hour before I played and I just like felt better the entire time. Totally. Um, And you know, like when I haven't been feeling good or I've been dehydrated, I've drank it after and then like it, it. Makes me feel like I have more energy and I feel better after
0: like there is a real perceptible like it's too drastic to be placebo. Like it's like that's how I feel about it. It's like very real. But anyway, shout out liquid IV. You are saving my fucking life right now.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. I got I was drinking the other night. I think it was Thursday night. And then I was like, you know, what? before bed, I'm just doing a glass of liquid IV. Yeah. No problems the next day. Yeah. The best. All right. So, let's let's switch topics here and go from something very positive to something very negative. Oh. Venom let there be carnage. Oh. Yeah. Sitting at a sweet 59% on rotten tomatoes right mm. now. Um it is set to exceed expectations this weekend with a massive 71 million dollar opening. Wow. People are loving this shit.
0: That's
1: astounding. Apparently, there's there's a review from a comic book movie that says, Venom Let There Be Carnage is the ultimate Marvel movie. Seeing Venom and Carnage clash is a comic book fan's dream come true, but the epic action is bolstered by incredible visuals, some big laughs, and a surprising amount of heart. Dude,
0: I feel like that would be true if there weren't other comic book movies that existed. <laughs> like, if yeah. Venom was the only comic book movie then sure. Can I, can I read you my favorite one line review? of please. I
1: would love nothing more than that.
0: <laughs> so this is amazing. Uh, all right. So this is, this is from the playlist, which is a website, I guess a review website. Tom Hardy's sweaty cookie monster gargle. Slop franchise is a ridiculous mess.
1: Quite Which, possibly the, the best review ever. G-
0: Cookie Monster Gargleslop is the greatest four-word combo maybe in history. Eddie, I want some cookies. <laughs> Dude, ridiculous.
1: Are we right. the
0: only podcast who's so down on ben- Like, are other podcasts, like, stoked about Venom?
1: It's like, I mean, clearly they're making bank right now. That is they're, so I, crazy. I think Venom, Venom just has... That huge fan base from, like, the 80s and 90s, and people just love the fuck out of Venom. That is and fucking crazy. They're going to see this movie. I mean, like, I think I need to see this movie. I mean, if you want to jump on the grenade. <laughs> specifically, though, okay, we are going to enter into some place we don't enter super often. High, high, high confirmed spoilerville right now yeah so if if you do not want to be spoiled about venom 2 let there be carnage leave now for the next five minutes wow okay it's not gonna be five minutes but i'm just not gonna hear any bitching about you just ruined the movie true true true. all right so if you're still here you're gonna get spoiled you've had plenty of time this is your own choice the after credit scene For Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage is the only reason I want to go see this movie. True. Didn't we talk about this last week? Yes, but there is more information now that kind of bridges a gap and makes this seem even more consequential than it was previously. Oh, okay. So I would like to read what happens in the after credit scene for Let There Be Let There Be Carnage. This is what it is. This is according to Polygon.com. So spoilers. After saving the world from carnage, Eddie and Venom take a tropical vacation. When the post credit scene begins, the two are laying in bed watching a Spanish-language soap opera, which prompts Eddie to wonder whether or not Venom hides things from him. Venom explains that he has access to eons of collective symbiote hive mind knowledge that spans thousands of universes and realities that Eddie's mind couldn't handle. Mm. In other words, yes, he hides stuff all the time. But as a show of good faith, Venom says he'll show Eddie just one example. Just as Venom is preparing to show Eddie something, the room starts to shift and the symbiote gets worried. Their hotel room changes completely. The sky gets brighter, the entire look of the movie changes, and they're transported to a similar but slightly different hotel room. Maybe even a parallel universe. As a brief aside, if we're taking wild guesses, it seems like this all might be happening at the exact same time that Doctor Strange cast the spell we'll see in the trailer of Spider-Man No Way Home. Ah. Uh. In this new reality, there's also a new show on Eddie and Venom's TV, which Marvel devotees will quickly recognize recognize as the after credit scene from Spider-Man Far, Way Home, Far From Home. J.K. Simmons, playing J. Jonah Jameson, reveals the identity of Spider-Man as Peter Parker before showing a photo of Tom Holland in his costume without a mask. Neither Eddie nor Venom seem to know exactly what's happening, but Venom says that guy before trailing off and licking the TV image of Peter. And so all of this is to basically say that they crossed from their own reality into the Marvel Universe And now they're part of the MCU. Somehow, some way. And they'll maybe be in Spider-Man No Way Home. We don't know. But it seems they are 100% within the MCU at the end of this movie.
0: I hate my life. Yeah, that makes me so mad. (laughs) That makes me so fucking mad. Oh, my God.
1: Cookie Monster Venom. And so, like, I feel like I need to see this now. I saw the first one. So I mean, how bad could it? uh Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I don't
0: I mean I'll 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 wait for the I'll wait for the leak of that of that scene on YouTube. <laughs> Honestly, I bet I would not be shocked if they just release it themselves on Twitter after like around the same time as the second Spider Man trailer. I wonder if they'll release it themselves. Because they're right. already being so, like, whatever. The, oh, the universe
1: is expanding. Oh. Well, yeah, and Tom Holland posted on his story. He's like, go see Venom 2. All the rumors are true. Wow. Yeah. Very on the nose. Yeah. That, man. All right, Eric, I got a question for you. All right. <laughs> Calling it now. Is Venom... In Spider-Man No Way Home? I mean, yeah, probably. He's got to be, right? Yeah, I think probably. God fucking damn it. (laughs) I don't know how big of a part he'll have, but I think he'll probably show up. What if instead of the lizard from Amazing Spider-Man, Venom is part of the Sinister Six? Um... I don't know. He's kind of an anti-hero, so it's hard to really, you know. Yeah, now he's not really... Yeah. He's not really bad. Yeah, I don't... Per se. Like, they fucked up the whole thing! (laughs) Like, I don't...
0: I don't know how they could possibly make it not dumb. Also, I really hope that if he does show up, I hope that uh, Marvel throws some of that Disney money toward a redesign. Because... I am not a fan of the current Venom design at all. Well, uh, or the actor, or the voice actor, but
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, it's I just Tom Hardy, this. right? Tom Hardy does the Venom voice. I'm pretty Herself? sure. Yeah, does Tom Hardy? That's embarrassing do for him. Venom voice. I mean, it, it would make sense to me that he would. Yeah, he says he. Played... Wow, Hardy played both the role. Of Eddie Brock and the voice of Venom. yeah. Wow. What
0: is with that fucking guy and weird villain voices? (laughs) Oh,
1: my God. Maybe he's wondering why one would shoot a man. (laughs) Throwing him out of a plane. Oh, man. Uh, I love. Okay. I hate The Dark Knight Rises, but man, that voice makes me watch that movie. I love that. I mean, I guess it's memorable. I'll give him that. But I guess the problem
0: with the Bane voice was not him. It was the mix in the movie. But
1: yeah, oh, uh, Tom or not Tom. Holland, Christopher Nolan just is like, hey, you wanted to hear in my movie. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I don't I mean, I, I really hate this, but it's like there's nothing we can do about it. It's happening.
1: I'm going to stick with my guns here and say that that Sony asked for this. And this was the final thing that that got them to sign up. Spider-Man for the the second deal,
0: yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you're right. There's no way our Disney Lord and Savior this.
1: Kevin Feige would never have agreed otherwise. Yeah,
0: yeah. God damn you, Sony! I hate you so much.
1: <laughs> yep, they are literally soiling the MCU. Yeah, by contractual agreement.
0: Also, release your Spider-Man exclusivity rights for PlayStation while you're at it. You absolute bastards.
1: Yeah, that game's awesome. I know. Great game. I want to play All it right, so let's bad. move on. Let's move on. I got to get out of this zone because the bad taste in my mouth is killing me. <laughs> Marvel's Eternals. All right. So this is our next film in the MCU that is coming up. And uh, I think I am most intrigued is maybe the best word to put it uh, for this movie because it is the biggest question mark that we've that we've seen in a while. Uh, even Shang-Chi, I, I had some familiarity of, um, you know, from the trailers. I felt like I got a general idea for what the movie was going to be about. Obviously, it was, it was you know, a lot of stuff that was new to me, but The Eternals is just like blank slate. No idea what the fuck's going on. And this movie comes out, um, you know, in basically a month. Not even. I think it comes out uh, the 20... Or no, the 3rd. November 3rd. So, yeah, we are... Wow exactly one month away from this movie coming out. Um, Apparently, Disney sent out a press release for Eternals with a new synopsis, revealing that the film will be split into two storylines, each taking place in two different time periods. So this this is the new synopsis that they sent out. Quote, the story takes place across two time periods. One timeline is set in the past when they operated as a formidable team and a close family unit. The second timeline is in the present when the group is fractured and split apart, content to live among the humans hiding in plain sight. The, prev- the prevailing threat of the Deviants, which once again threatens the existen- existence of mankind, I can't read today, means the Eternals need to put their differences aside and regroup. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um,
0: <coughs> uh, yeah, I'm... I'm 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 pretty excited for this movie. I'm I'm curious to see how consequential it's going to be.
1: Yeah, it seems like I'm assuming they're setting something up. Um, and it is worth noting too that we, we've seen some official Eternals merchandise that gives us our first hint that Dane Whitman, who will be played by Kit Harington from from Game of Thrones, will likely become the Black Knight in this movie. So those that don't know, the Black Knight is uh, a Marvel comic character that has like this crazy sword. And I don't know. I don't know that much about him. He's got a crazy sword, I guess. Um, Kid Harrington
0: loves his swords.
1: He sure does. And so Dane Whitman is in this movie. We haven't seen him in the Black Knight suit or anything like that. Uh, but we have seen him wearing the Black Knight ring. I guess there's like a ring that Black Knight wears. And there's been official merchandise selling the Black Knight ring. Um, oh, that that is leaked online. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And so it's like it's kind of an off the wall character. Um, and it should be it it should be interesting to see how they're going to kind of bring him into the MCU because he basically has like a mystical sword. Um and he kind of rides like Pegasus in some ways, I guess you could call it. I don't know if it's actually Pegasus, but it's like a flying horse and shit. And so it's like very kind of uh, old mythical, powerful kind of um vibe to it, which is a little bit different than what we've seen. Well, kind of, um, but
0: flying horses confirmed exi- already exist in Marvel because of the Valkyries. That's right. That's right. So I wonder if I wonder if they'll take the step to just for the just for the real nerds out there like yeah it's the same there's just a planet of flying horses. get get over it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and so it's 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 definitely more of like it has more of a magical side to it he's known to have carried both excalibur the sword excalibur and the ebony blade so the ebony blade Ooh. is a weapon that has been passed down through the ages it's supposedly incredibly powerful but it carries like a, a harmful curse um that causes uh the black knight to abandon it um but then he also carries excalibur which is you know the sword of king arthur um and kind of battles some like dark necromancers and stuff like that so it has more of like a magical twist to it for sure um in an interesting kind of way and so um i think that'll be super cool because i think we've been leaning into magic quite a bit yeah, and I, I like the stories that Magic's able to tell because I feel like the rules are, are a little more loosey-goosey. Yeah, uh, totally. In terms of what you can do, which is awesome. Totally. I You know what I
0: was just thinking of? the So I saw this Reddit post. Somebody was talking about how The Eternals, as far as we know, The Eternals is going to be the first... Ah, I'm going to fuck up. It's like the first movie in like a while... That doesn't have a previously established character in it, but the Celestials will probably be in it. I guess if you count them, as like separate characters.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw a Celestial in the last trailer, um, so we know they'll be in it. I have a feeling someone else is going to show up.
0: Yeah, same. There's no way. I mean, at the very least, an end credits or something.
1: It's kind of similar, you know, Shang-Chi was mostly new characters except for a couple of small cameos. Yep. And, you know, I think there's probably like three, three small cameos or so in that movie. Um, but they were very minor for the most part. I'd say Ben Kingsley had the biggest role in the whole thing, but then obviously Wong shows up and then you have some other, you know, mini character moments that aren't really consequential to the plot, but um, overall super interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. This is, uh, you know, what? I'm going to skip this one. I'm going to do this one next. <laughs> okay. I couldn't believe this shit, but at the same time, it also makes complete sense. Okay. ScarJo and Disney are all happy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They settled their lawsuit, and this is the statement that Scarlett Johansson said. She, she says, I'm happy to have resolved our differences with Disney. I'm incredibly proud of the work we've done together over the years and have greatly enjoyed my creative relationship with the team. I look forward to continuing our collaboration for years to come, a.k.a. Thanks for paying me, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, P.S. It's great to be rich. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she probably got like 50 million bucks or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, Disney Studios chairman, Alan Bergman, he... He added, I'm very pleased that we have been able to come to a mutual agreement with Scarlett Johansson regarding Black Widow. We appreciate her contributions to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and look forward to working together on a number of upcoming projects, including Disney's Tower of Terror. Wait, what? (laughs) Apparently, she's in Tower of Terror. Let's look that one up. Tower of Uh Terror. Disney. They're just making all their rides into uh, movies now. I guess. Yeah, um, that that doesn't make any fucking sense. That
0: uh, whenever I hear Tower of Terror, I just think of uh oh fuck. I don't even remember the that ske- that SNL sketch with Tom Hanks about
1: something Oh, pumpkins. fifty floors of frights. Yeah. yeah what was his David name? S. Pumpkins. Yeah, David S. Pumpkins, yeah. That is the the greatest SNL skit of the last ten years. <laughs> um, any <let's> questions? <laughs> That little song. Oh So good. Oh, my gosh. David S. Pumpkins. Okay. Based on one of Disney's classical power, the, the Tower of Terror film will be produced by Scarlett Johansson through her These Pictures banner. And let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I guess they're just making some movie based off the ride, whatever that'll be. But it just goes to show you, like, like they were kind of, like, fighting in public with each other. And then they resolve all this stuff. They're like, all right, let's go make some more money together. Yeah. Know, no one gives a shit at the end of the day. Everyone's like, she's never going to make a movie with them again. I'm like. Yeah, I mean, that's. All this stuff. Insane. Just, you know, it's all legal bullshit. Yeah. So, after all that drama, I'm surprised they literally didn't just be like, okay, let's talk. Here's 50 million bucks. And then, you know. No, no press, but whatever. Right. Whatever.
0: Yeah. I don't know why it seems dumb. Disney has infinite money. They should have just paid her. But
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you could have figured something out a lot smaller without all that drama having to happen. But whatevs. Yep. All right. Eric, I hate to say this, but I told you so. Um, not only is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings the first pandemic era movie to pass 200 million dollars at the u.s box office it is days away from earning more money than black widow at the international box office as well wow i okay i weren't we days away last week Last week, they got past uh, the domestic box office. So Shang-Chi has made more at the domestic box office than than Black Widow already. Oh, okay. It is now worldwide getting close to beating it um, total. Which is crazy. This is absolutely crazy.
0: That, yeah. Yeah, that is fucking crazy. Right
1: now, Shang-Chi is the number one domestic box office earner in the United States. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm glad.
0: I'm super glad. Maybe that means I feel like uh like uh, America has kind of gotten away from like good fight scenes, I feel. Um good hand-to-hand fight scenes at least. And I hope that this movie maybe brings back that trend. This movie and maybe I hope the Matrix uh has good hand-to-hand fight scenes as well. We'll see when that comes out. But uh,
1: not to mention a certain James Bond film that comes out in less than a week. Tr-
0: uh, I guess I mean more like I don't want to. I'm trying not to use the word Kung Fu uh, martial arts, I guess, is what I mean. Like, le- I don't know. I mean, Bond doesn't really do martial arts. He just is a, is a hulk of a man. <laughs> he just does <laughs> like, like scrapping. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah
1: esque yeah. Scrapping. Yeah.
0: yeah. Which that, there's plenty of that, I feel. But that's not as exciting for me to watch. But yeah, it's it's more of uh less of a fight and more of
1: like the art of the fight.
0: Yes. Yes. Totally. Totally. It's like a dance.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love that. Which shit. I can't wait to watch this movie with you. I really can't wait to watch this movie. With you. I'm so excited um, to watch it. So this is kind of wild with with the pandemic and how movies are coming out. The, fo- the top five until probably a couple weeks from now, because I honestly think Venom and No Time to Die will will overtake Shang-Chi. Um, But right now, the top five domestic box office earners are Shang-Chi, Black Widow, Fast and the Furious 9, A Quiet Place Part 2, and Free Guy. Um, But the worldwide box office is a little bit different um, because apparently (laughs) there's just some movies that only came out in, like, China um, and a couple other countries, but, like, they're Chinese movies. The number one box office movie is a movie called Hi, Mom. And it's just like a a Chinese movie. A woman travels back in time to befriend her own mother in an attempt to make her life better. Um, Then Fast and Furious 9, and then Detective Chinatown 3, which is like (laughs) another Chinese movie, uh, which is wild, Um, followed by Godzilla vs. Kong, Black Widow, then Shang-Chi. So It's been a weird year. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. But we have a lot of huge blockbuster movies coming out. Obviously, the two I just mentioned, Venom, you got James Bond, No Time to Die. Dune has been opening up internationally already in several countries and making quite a bit of money. Um, And so there's still a lot of movies to come out for the rest of the year. And so we'll see what ends up happening. But yeah, I mean, compared to years previous, just very strange. Very, very strange. But it is wild that we live in a world in which Shang-Chi makes more as a Black Widow, but it's good for Marvel. Yeah, that's
0: great, especially considering the character of Black Widow is dead in the universe. So it would probably be concerning if that character's movie made more money.
1: Unfortunately (laughs) for you, Eric, and for a lot of people, it really seems like the whole Disney Plus thing backfired on them in that situation.
0: Did it, though? Because they're so close with the Disney Plus subscriptions. Black Widow will still win. Undoubtedly.
1: Yeah, I think it would have made more money, though, had it been in just the theaters a bit longer. I really do. Man, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll never know. But I'm sure they got like a building worth of people trying to, you know, uh, let me see. Yeah, we yeah. would have made this much money in this thing. <laughs> you know, at least the Disney Plus money, like they're not sharing that with anybody yeah
0: exactly that's worth
1: noting too yeah that's a great point i guess it like goes to show it's like how much importance does it hold to that you know all these rankings include that that money or not yeah who knows all right um i'm gonna say the best for last year x-men dark phoenix star i i how do they choose which movie people are the star of how do they make that choice because james (laughs) mcavoy Like, I don't think X-Men Dark Phoenix is at the top of his (laughs) blockbuster list. (laughs) That's maybe his worst movie. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So James McAvoy was asked on whether, uh, you know, he would return as Professor X in the Marvel Studios universe, right? MCU. Um, Which we've had rumors that he is based on those really cheesy looking CGI, you know, screenshots. and he said it's probably not, it says that this article says it's probably not going to happen. But for McAvoy, the script will always be key. He said, quote, if people offer me good writing, I'm always going to be excited. But I do feel like I've had a good ending with Charles and I got to explore explore some really good stuff, particularly in the first two movies that I did for him as a character. <laughs> and so
0: <laughs> that's a lot of shade for the for the
1: next couple. Sure movies. is. He said, if my time is done, I'm happy with the time I spent and the time that I was given. And if good writing comes in and people want to do stuff with me, I'll always be open for that. But it's got to be good. And so, I mean, it obviously doesn't have to be good. Right, yeah. His last (laughs) two movies were shit. Yeah. The first two
0: were fucking great, though. Yeah, First Class is definitely my favorite X-Men movie.
1: Yeah, and so this really seems at least if he's either being a really good liar or it seems like he's totally not involved with anything which would make sense to me uh more than not so
0: yeah i yeah i really wonder how many of the x-men actors that we know they'll bring back if any I, i mean other
1: than deadpool which is confirmed but i mean for james mcavoy though like that's like a great consistent paycheck. Totally,
0: totally. I I mean more. I don't know if Disney would want like, because I feel like you have to recast Wolverine. Hugh Jackman is like a hundred years old in in like movies. Yeah, there's no way he can't be that jacked anymore for like ever. (laughs) So, I mean, if and if they if you have to recast Wolverine, then I feel like you got to recast everybody.
1: So I don't know. Yeah, I mean we're already doing the Spider Man stuff which is going to be confusing. Yes. And so, yes. I mean, I could see some pullovers, you know, it's, it's not completely crazy. I know like they brought like Judy Dench in the James Bond movies. Like she plays M yep, yep. in Pierce Brosnan, but then like the Daniel Craig movies are a different timeline. It is not a continuation, but she plays the same character. Um, And so I could see them bringing maybe one or two people over or something like that if they really like them. Um, But yeah, I mean, I could also. I, I'm I'm not like beholden to anybody. I don't need James McAvoy to play Professor X. Totally.
0: I just want, look, just shoot up Daniel Radcliffe with steroids, and he's yes. your fucking Wolverine.
1: Yes, hundred like, percent.
0: That is all I want. I feel like he'd be great.
1: I really think. For Professor X, I would prefer someone in their 50s, maybe, that would be willing to play him for like 20 years. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because James McAvoy is still pretty young. Um, I think he's in his 40s, probably. Um, and he looks ridiculous bald. Yes.
0: He's never looked, he's never been able to rock the bald Xavier look, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Not, and, and not the same Stewart's, way Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart's is way too old. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, he's great. Dude is he, in his, his is-
0: 80s. He is perfect as Professor X, but like, yeah, he's just too old, unfortunately.
1: So we just need some like 50 year old British guy that can pull off the baldness and rock that shit. Yeah. Oh, man. When are we going to get these X-Men, though, is the real question. I hope soon. I feel like
0: people are people are itching for it that we've uh, they've been gone For a while. Well, I guess we had that whatever that new mutants movie that with like the the nightmare bear or whatever the fuck the 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 villain was. But uh, nightmare bear I don't even know what you're talking about. That sounds awful. (laughs) Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know if many people really liked that one. Uh but yeah, I mean they're such popular characters. I'm surprised that they've sat on them for so long.
1: I will say that I'm happy that we get so much more X Men and Fantastic Four merch, mostly X Men stuff. Um, you know, in the height of the MCU, when we weren't able to do any of the mutant stuff, and obviously they just got those rights back recently. Um, they Marvel from like a, and this is totally, I could tell this is like an Ike Perlmutter thing, he's the CEO of Marvel Enter- Entertainment. They were taking mutants away from everything, yep, they would not have mutants like. You could buy like a comic cover t-shirt and in the upper right, there'd be a Marvel logo with like Wolverine in it or something. They were changing the comic covers just to take those characters out because they didn't want to give Fox free promotion. Ike Petty mutter, Yeah, basically. What a fuck. (laughs) Um, And so it's really nice now, like you go into like a Disney store and they're advertising like 90s era, like X-Men stuff. And there's all this X-Men merch that is out there again. And this is really nice because for a while it felt like the X-Men weren't even part of the Marvel, you know, like company (laughs) anymore. And it like sucks because like they're really interesting characters. And so um, now Jonathan Hickman has like a really cool X-Men run that he's writing. It's just it's it's an exciting time for anyone who's a fan of the X-Men.
0: The X-Men comic books are really for a long time, maybe not a long time, maybe like a year I got really into, I was reading like almost all of them. And what I have found is like, you can either read the X-Men storylines in the Marvel comics, or you can read all the other ones, but there is no possible way you could ever read them both because like the X-Men is almost like their own universe because so much is going on. Cause there's so, I mean, there's a hundred X-Men there's more than 100 x-men like there's so many and then i guess it all culminated in the x-men versus avengers which wasn't the greatest crossover i think but like (laughs) it's very generous but uh but the idea i think made so much sense because the x-men are are so they're not even walled off but like it's almost like they are their own thing
1: yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. They're kind of in like their own world. Yeah, and then every now and then they get thrown into the other one. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they. Um, and I guess as I'm saying this, uh, it's kind of ironic considering the uh, the X Men have always been kind of an analog for like civil rights and things like that. It's kind of ironic that they've essentially been segregated from the rest of the stories. But uh, I really hope that they will uh, they'll start integrating more of those characters and just uh, like why. uh, I mean, why do the X-Men only have to like be in books with other X-Men? I I know there's X-Men in the Avengers and whatever, but it's still it's just there should be more. There should be more crossover.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they struggle with the planning for all that or something. Yeah, I mean,
0: like, I and I don't blame them for that. There's so much like I can't imagine what it must be like to try to. I, I'm i sure it's a thousand times harder to be an editor at Marvel than it is to be a writer at Marvel. Because they have oh, yeah. to know like everything that's going on and what's about to be going on. And everything that has happened throughout all of, like, 80 years of Marvel history, I fucking, that is mind-blowing to me.
1: That's, like, the stress, the most stressed-out, like, nerd job you could possibly ever have. Yes, yes, for sure. Completely crazy. All right, I got one more bit here okay. to, to wrap things up. And this is the one that I'm excited about, but I, I also just want to say, like, Charlie Cox is back. Oh. 100%. okay. He he is back, and that's, this is what I'm choosing to believe at this point. And for that matter, I think Kingpin, Vincent D'Onofrio, Kingpin, 100% back. Okay. Because I'm of the firm belief where there's smoke, there's fucking fire, mm. and I just feel like the smoke around these guys is just killing me at this point. I'm choking to death on the smoke here. <laughs> All right. So there's been no confirmation that Charlie Cox, Daredevil, or any of his related characters are coming to the MCU. Um, And he's actually flat out denied that he's had even a single discussion with Marvel Studios about reprising his role. Yet, all the smoke of this happening is still existing, okay? So Daniel Rickman, one of these guys that is online and, and posting scoops that have been confirmed from time to time, he claims that Charlie Cox's Daredevil is set to feature in the upcoming Disney Plus Echo series, which Echo is going to be a character that shows up in the Hawkeye series that already has rumored to have Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin in it. Yeah. Um. On top of this, apparently, Charlie Cox. Will actually have a supporting role in the Hawkeye spinoff, which would be absolutely bananas. Yeah, and he's he's expected to show up for six episodes. Wait, in in Hawkeye, you're saying, or in Echo? The in in Hawkeye.
0: I mean that I don't. Uh, there's no way that's happening.
1: Yeah, that seemed a little questionable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm assuming it's just six episodes total. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they're saying six episodes between Echo and Hawkeye. Okay. Interesting.
0: Um, I believe it would make perfect sense to me that he would be in Echo. For sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so Echo is is closely tied to Daredevil. um, More closely tied than he is to Hawkeye in the comics. Um, Plus... Kingpin is rumored to be set to return in Hawkeye. Uh, We could see that series kind of set the stage for an adaptation of of David Mack and Joe Joe Casada's 90s Daredevil run, which is my favorite, um, which saw Wilson Fisk send his adopted daughter after The Man of Fear, uh, his adopted daughter daughter being Echo. Um, And so, um, you know, at this point, Daredevil's rumored to appear in Echo... Hawkeye, She-Hulk, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And so, I just feel like these rumors just keep popping up. He's bound to appear in at least one of these. If not all of them, I don't know. But it would be crazy to me to have an Echo series without Daredevil.
0: Yeah, Definitely, yes. Uh, I do want to point out, you just called Daredevil the Man of Fear, which made me chuckle a little bit. Did I call him the man of fear? <laughs> yeah, man without fear. My bad. Um, I think I don't. I don't know. I think he's probably in Spider-Man still, even though that wasn't his uh, hairy man arm.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very hairy man.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to get my hopes up too much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm totally. All of my predictions here are are based out of what I'm reading. But also the fact that Daredevil is my favorite character, <laughs> yeah. and I want him in this. Yeah. so
0: Yeah, and I guess, yeah, I don't know. I really wonder if they're going to start running into, an. Nah, I was going to say, I wonder if they're going to start running into an issue with, like, why are some of these characters, like, I think they are just 100% don't give a fuck about universes anymore at all. They can't.
1: How could they no. possibly? No, yeah. Well, I don't think this Daredevil is going to be the same Daredevil that was in the show.
0: I okay, uh, okay. I yeah, that that would make more sense. They're like he works
1: as an actor. I think they're just bringing him in. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That would make uh,
1: more sense to me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll see what happens because this this kind of goes back to what I was saying while I was kind of hyping hyping up everything this morning. It's just wild how many characters we're getting at this point. And to me, what is crazy is just like, how do you manage all these characters? How do you manage all these storylines? You were talking about how stressful it must be to be an editor of Marvel Comics. Yeah. The editor of all these movies, Kevin Feige, all these people at Marvel Studios. Like, this shit is getting bananas. Yeah. There are so many shows. There are so many movies. And where we had kind of a linear throughput through the first three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're now like moving into like four phases at once, kind of all flying in in a direction. And it's it's wild. And we're entering into multiverses. We're entering into time travel all over the place, not just within one movie. You know what I mean? Like we've experienced in the past. Um, Shit is getting crazy. And it's fun. It's exciting. I wouldn't want to work on it. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is for sure. I mean, these people must not sleep. <laughs> like, either due to working constantly or just pure stress. <laughs>
1: yeah, see, I mean, like, two. I just, uh, I, you know, you hear us talking about, uh, you know, timelines and multiverses and what does this mean and how do we define that? And it's just like, dude, holy fuck, the, the amount of planning that must be going on. And I'm like, we still don't know if there's going to be a singular Thanos-type threat that we're all driving towards. It seems like it's Kang the Conqueror. It must be. Yeah, it must be. But it also is not leading up to that in the same way that we led up to Thanos, right? We've seen a version of Kang already. We know that Kang the Conqueror will be the villain of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, it's just, they're different choices, more off-the-wall choices. And things are not as clear. Like, are we going to get a new Avengers movie within the next five years? I don't know. Who will the Avengers be at that point? I don't know. Um, And will all these people from the TV shows and everything join up? Because that's a shit ton of people. Yeah. We thought this was difficult before. Oh, my God. Like, holy fuck. How do you balance all this shit?
0: Yeah, you you got to call the, Rus- the Russo's back for sure. I feel like.
1: Yeah, because they fucking handle that shit like... Amazingly.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I think I think the next Avengers movie is just gonna be called New Avengers or maybe like West Coast Avengers. Like it's not gonna be the Avengers. It's gonna be like one of the B teams. And then and then I think after that we'll get the uh the big everybody versus Kang
1: affair. See, I think they'll they'll always just call it Avengers with some byline after it. Interesting, like, Fuck it. okay. I don't think they want to I don't think they want to portray the idea that these Avengers aren't as good and cool as the Avengers you saw in the last four movies. I feel like they're like, these are the Avengers. They've changed, but they're still the Avengers.
0: I agree when it's time to do a real Avengers movie, though. Because I think there are there's so many characters now that there are enough characters to where, I mean, some of them just aren't as cool. Like, they couldn't possibly be as cool. As like a real avengers and i feel like it might be easier for them like if we do have just like in the comics like if we do have a dedicated west coast avengers team and a new avengers team and a secret avengers team and a dark avengers team then in the avengers you can just bring all the teams together i think it might be easier for uh, the more casual viewer to, like, wrap their head around, like, where are all these people from? It's like, oh, these guys are from this team. Then we got the fucking X-Men over here. They're part of a team. Then the Fantastic Four, they're part of a team. And then we got these these subgroups of Avengers. I don't know. I feel like, I guess maybe it might be, like, Avengers West Coast rather than, like, West Coast Avengers or something like that. But, uh, but uh, I don't know. I feel I think- like...
1: I think the next Avengers movie is going to be Avengers versus the fundraiser to make $100 million to get Robert Downey Jr. to return.
0: Yeah, true. So I think the longer they wait and the more movies Robert Downey Jr. does that doesn't pay him even one one hundredth of what Marvel did, I think the easier it's going to be to get him back.
1: Um. Because the Avengers versus Doctor Doolittle? Yeah, was,
0: that's the one I was thinking
1: of. <laughs> uh, the Dr. Avengers Dolittle versus in the Hall of His Animals, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> how much money do you think Robert Downey Jr. made for Doctor Doolittle? I don't think a lot because I think he
0: like produced that and like paid for a lot of that movie himself. Like that was like a passion project for him. Some what? fucking how, yeah, yeah. I think I, I'm pretty sure I remember hearing that
1: or so much that. doctor let's see um let's see blah, 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 blah. um but let's see did you yeah, watch kind of... did you watch that movie dr Doolittle yeah are you out of your goddamn mind
0: <laughs> I mean I don't know I have uh I've seen the original dr Doolittle like from the 70s or whatever whatever and then obviously the uh the Eddie Murphy dr Doolittle is is great um but I did not watch the RDJ Dr. Doolittle.
1: Let's see. In fact, he's getting, let's see, should receive some after cash? I'm trying to figure out how much he made. I'm going to guess like 10 to 20 million. Yeah, I think it's 20 million. Demand. Blah, 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 blah. There's yeah, n- I think they're saying, I think they're saying 20 million for this one. Yeah, there's no way. So why can't these that? websites just like have like a text? Okay, he just paid twenty million dollars for Doolittle. That's fucking bananas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, who saw that movie? I mean, nobody I know.
1: Besides you, of course. I know you were first in line at the movie theater.
0: <laughs> I feel like movies like that live or die on their CGI, and that's
1: that one had like the worst CGI. Okay, it says. Forbes estimates uh, that Doolittle will have to make $438 million worldwide just to break even. (laughs) Who was great? I don't understand who makes these movies. And it's like, you know what? Everyone's going to love Doolittle. I mean, I see... There's definite
0: potential there for... a friend. I totally get it. It's like kids love... Uh, Talking Animals Kids Love Robert Downey Jr.
1: Robert Downey Jr. And Around the Screen Uh, Kids Love Iron Man I don't think kids Associate that shit with actors do they I mean like I
0: think Robert Downey Jr. has a distinctive enough look Where Like e- even if you Even if you're so young where you Like you be like this is familiar and Comfortable to me <laughs> Like I don't know, but I but I totally like I definitely see the thought process and I think it pro- it could work, but it, it's just the movie's got to be good and the CGI can't be garbage tier, which right. it was.
1: OK, do you think there's any chance that the kind of like AI Robert Downey Jr. shows up in in Ironheart? Uh, yeah, I think there's a chance. I I don't know. I always go back to. I guess I always assume that actors want money. It just seems like okay. He had his he had his big moment in Endgame. He died and everything like that. I just I don't see a reason for an actor to want to stop this gravy train from you know going to the next stop.
0: Yeah. No. I I agree. I um. Yeah. I don't know. I think if if I mean it's sim. It's like the Paul Bettany thing, right? It's like Paul Bettany like. They paid me millions of dollars for one evening of work. If they, it, why
1: the fuck wouldn't Robert Downey Jr. do that?
0: Right. <laughs> like, uh, it's crazy. Yeah.
1: And you also get to play like the most fun, egotistical, loved character in the world. Yeah, of course. Like, that's got to be exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he, lo- I mean, you can tell he fucking loves that character like when he does like live appearances at comic cons where he is just cuz i feel like there's so many similarities between tony stark and robert downey jr and i feel like robert downey jr so easily can like embody the more kind of grandiose characteristics of tony and it's just uh i mean absolute fucking perfect
1: casting yeah i mean he's tony stark he really is 100% yeah. All right. That's everything I have for today. Did you have anything? I do not have anything today. Um, You know, we did have one question that came on our Twitter that I Mm -hmm. wanted to bring up to you. Okay. And uh, this just reminded me of it. Um, At Clay Scarface, Michael Church, fan of the podcast. Thanks for reaching out. Um, He wanted to ask, what is your least favorite episode and favorite episode of Star Wars Visions? Ooh, um,
0: my least favorite is, I still liked it. It just, I just wasn't prepared for the vibe. It's like a different kind of anime vibe. Um, but my least favorite was probably the, the, the one with the band where they're like in a band and they, uh, and the one guy's going to (laughs) get murdered by Jabba and then they're like. Don't kill us. We're gonna be the greatest band in the world. Anime! Yeah! do 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 <laughs> do, 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 do. Eh, whatever the fuck. And uh That's amazing. And it's like I did I did like it. I just wasn't pre- I mean that's a very specific kind of anime, which I like that kind of anime too, but I just wasn't really prepared for that. My favorite one, though. Yeah, I feel like everybody's been saying that the ninth Jedi, and that one was really good. That one's up there for me. But just to be a little bit different, I like the one, I don't remember what it's called, but I, I really liked the one with the, the twins. Um There's just something about that idea that I like, and I wish they would expect, like, four sensitive twins, uh, one, and uh, initially, like, both are evil, and then one of them kind of sees the light. I just find that idea really fascinating. I think they did something similar in the Old Republic game in one of the expansions, which I've played the Old Republic game, but I've not played uh, the expansions. But um, but yeah, there's just something about that. I, I'm just kind of into like weird twin shit. I, f- I find that kind of interesting. Like I do think there just seems to be too much anecdotal evidence of like, uh, of like weird twin shit. Like if you like twins get separated at birth and move to different sides of the countries, never know of each other's existence and live identical lives basically. Um, or like, you know, everybody knows the stories. Like one twin gets hurt. The other twin nowhere close by it, like starts crying, starts complaining about like they're hurt in that same spot. Shit like that is very weird and interesting to me. Um, and, and I, and throw, throw the force on top of that. It's like, you fucking got me. Um, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll say that one. I, I really like that one more for the idea that it's proposes than the execution, which I thought was fine, but it did get a little, it did get a little crazy. I mean, they're standing on top of X-Wings in the, Fucking the vacuum of space, like (laughs) it's just just anime shit. And this guy made his lightsaber like (laughs) the size of the sun. (laughs) I mean, it's insanity. But uh, but it but it was cool. I, I like. I mean, this stuff is not supposed to be taken super seriously. Um, and I didn't take it super seriously, and I and I still enjoyed it. But yeah, so I would say that that's my answers. And I would love to hear your answers, Clay Scarface. Uh, please, please let us know.
1: Boom. There you have it. Yeah. All righty. Let's jump right into what we are discussing this week. Marvel's What If. This is the second to the last episode this season titled What If Ultron 1? Mm. Where do we start with this one? I mean, I think
0: we need to start with the fact that the vision could have ended the infinity war in 3 seconds
1: if he wanted to uh so yeah this seems like it's the the common conversation <laughs> on this episode yeah um i will i will give two points here um why i don't think this well i'll give three points okay first of all power scales who wins who loses as we all know, in comics universes, all depend on who's writing the story and how they want the story to go. Yeah, so that is one one grain of salt that you have to throw. As
0: uh, as as the great interpretation of Vegeta in Dragon Ball abridged Dragon Ball Z abridged says, power levels are bullshit.
1: <laughs> yep, and on top of that. um, Corvus Glaive, at the start of Avengers Infinity War, literally stabs Vision straight through his chest, straight through, almost killing him, and he spends the rest of the movie basically near death trying to survive, right? He is not at full power by any means. So that's the other grain of salt. Um, And on top of that, I think Vision is extremely powerful, but because of his conscious consciousness and all that stuff and and how he views fighting all these different things he's like spider-man you know spider-man could like literally like punch through a dude's chest and kill them instantly but he's always holding back so that he doesn't just obliterate people so for me personally i think all that stuff together like i can kind of wave away all my questions for that scene that does not go to say that it didn't completely shock me when it happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. So my so here's my rebuttals. Um, what was your very first one?
1: The first one is power levels are poor. Bo- yeah. Bullshit.
0: True. 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 I'm, that is true. That is true. But um, so my rebuttal would be: Vision should have never gotten stabbed in the first fucking place. He's he can make himself intangible. He should just always be intangible unless he's banging Wanda. That should, he should never not be intangible ever. Like, makes no sense. Um, Two, the whole, the whole like, yeah, he's like a, he's not just going to go around murdering people. I liken that to less the Spider-Man and more like Batman, where it's like Batman versus the Joker. The Joker has killed thousands, thousands of people. And Batman will not kill this fucking guy. And if he yeah, I hate did, that shit. if he did, he could he would save thousands of lives. Um. So I am preconditioned to hate that. Uh, he should just kill him. And like, I get it, because for the story, like, you can't kill off the greatest villain in the history of comic books. Like, obviously. I understand that. But it doesn't make logical sense. Just like. It doesn't make logical sense that the vision, an AI, without, like, I mean, I guess he has a a human consciousness, I guess. But, like, he also should have instant computational ability to where, when he sees Thanos, well, first of all, when he sees Corvus Glaive, uh, like I said, that is crazy that that he got stabbed by that character. But let's pretend he didn't. I feel like, or like, even if he did, let's pretend he did. He saw the fucking Mind Stone. So, <laughs> which is all Ultron used, was just the power of the Mind Stone. And I feel like if your vision, you have this stone in your head that is powering your existence, you have to know what it is or at least how much power it contains. And then if you see this big purple alien... With a glove holding five more of those fucking things, at least cut off the hand. Like, what are you doing?
1: I, I, yeah, it's it's one of those interesting things. I think I, I really do think the fact that Vision, like, we could we could have a conversation about whether Vision should have or should not have been stabbed by Corvus Glaive, right? Um, but regardless, he was, yeah, right, and I and I think in a lot of these situations, like people can be surprised vision can't just be like phasing all the time otherwise like it, he just becomes like omnipotent basically um see i feel and, like he should i feel like he should i feel like he can and he should um so i think the fact that he was you know severely damaged hurt like almost killed really helps a lot of that make sense but what i think we'll see with a lot of this what if stuff And what I think we'll see with like a lot of multiversal stuff is that like these small little moments drastically change how other people react and how they take different actions for things. And so it's like it seems really ridiculous on the surface. And I remember being like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, this is fucking wild. Um, But I, I feel like there's a lot of moments where characters and heroes with power, stuff like that, they're capable of certain things. Um. But obviously, every moment is a choice. And then when you're super powerful, like you're making a choice whether to use your full power, blah, 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 blah. And you don't ever know or have the hindsight of what could have been or what couldn't have been. Um, And so, like, we know what happened with Infinity War and Endgame. We know what Thanos did, like this version of Vision Ultron, whatever you want to call him has no knowledge of that. And so like in that universe, that doesn't seem as fucking unbelievably crazy, but because we're in this, what if kind of realm where we know what happened, um, this seems even more crazy because we don't, because we do have like that knowledge of what, what does happen if Thanos isn't killed. Um, and I think that's what makes the, what if episodes kind of more fun. And I actually really like this episode. Um, oh, okay. So it was a fake be- out in the beginning. hundred percent. All right, good. Um, good. good because <laughs> th- i think this episode finally answered for me what if this they had a good episode yes um because yes. i think it does give us those examples of like holy shit like this little thing that changed this situation made this wildly drastically different in a way you wouldn't expect and you would probably make you argue or call bullshit almost
0: yeah yeah and and the fact that i am de- so i agree with everything you said I am still calling bullshit, but I also still really like this episode. So like, it's fine. I get it. But, uh, but if a uh, vision could have saved the world is all I'm saying. And he, and he did not.
1: And uh, yeah, <laughs> I finally like appreciated the fact that like they gave him his full potential. And yeah, because sure. I think vision is, is robot Superman. Yeah. And he's fucking awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of my favorite Marvel characters since I was little, cause I, I used to play a game called captain America and the Avengers on super Nintendo. And I'd always play as Vision, Um, and I loved him on that game. I love Vision, Um, but like regardless of whether we're calling bullshit or not, I'm just happy they're taking risks in these episodes because that's the whole point. Yeah, of this entire show, and this is like the first episode that I'm like, holy shit! Like I'd say between this one and the T'Challa Star Lord one, at least like they're doing something different, which I really liked and it felt interesting. Um, Though I knew when when this episode started. (laughs) And Eric, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this one. Um, At least I think so. Um, I was like, man, they're really making me suspend my belief in the fact that Hawkeye and Black Widow survived (laughs) Ultron's calling. Yeah. Yeah. That in what world is this happening?
0: I guess the only thing that could make me believe why is because they understood immediately that they could not fight them. So they just went into hiding right away. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah like Ultron was like yeah they're not a yeah yeah the guy with the arrows and red-headed Russian lady
0: yeah I, I liked the fact that uh he had his um metal arm though
1: I like the metal arm and I thought his invisibility cloak was pretty dope invisibility cloak what it what was did you not notice that I must have forgot Dude, okay, so he's, he, they're in like whatever apocalyptic city they're in, like Russia or whatever. Um, and he is like stabbing Ultron robots with arrows. And then he turns around and it's, it becomes obvious that he's wearing some sort of invisibility cloak and he just disappears. (laughs) And it was actually really cool. It was a cool animation and it just looked really cool. Um, it was just kind of like a cool character moment, I'd say. Dang,
0: I'll have to watch. I, I do want to watch this one again. I didn't. I was going to do it this morning, but I woke up dead this morning, so I did not. Um, But I'll have, to, I'll have to look
1: out for that when I rewatch it. Yeah, I think it's towards the beginning. I watched this one twice. I'll probably watch it again just in the background or something. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Just an interesting moment. I will say overall, I thought the Black Widow Hawkeye. Uh like plot that that part of the plot was the the weakest part. Agreed. Agreed. Although um, I think it, it it's
0: uh made me laugh the hardest when they were um I mean are we just bouncing I assume we're just bouncing around. Yeah, let's yeah, let's bounce all over. Uh the when they were looking for the files to eventually find Arnum Zola, uh I audibly laughed. When the Watcher is just freaking out. The answer is right there. (laughs) I could intervene, but I won't.
1: Yeah, he's like losing his goddamn mind because he just wants them to figure this shit out. Ridiculous. That that makes. I guess I never really, I never thought of the Watcher as someone who like really, really, really wants these people to succeed. Yeah. I don't know. It's like what 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 does he have in this that makes him want to
0: i don't know i wonder it, if he saw the potential well was that after ultron like discovered his presence because i think at that point he was like we someone needs to do something here
1: right yeah it's it's seems like he's kind of he's going to be the phil colson of this show and so like he needs to have you know, some sort of interest in saving these multiverses, yeah, right. And so, I guess that's where he's probably different from the comics. And that, you know, based on the end of this episode, I think we clearly know where this is going, yeah. Um, I do find it interesting that this is the first episode because I think we let's wait for the end part towards the end of the conversation, yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that this is like the first one that kind of bridges over to the previous episode, which showed us this version of Ultron in it. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm just surprised it took us to episode eight to really get there. Yeah, I
0: hope the... Uh, you know, to be honest, I haven't really seen, but I can only assume fan reaction to this episode is going to be way better than the previous. Uh, and I hope they take note of that for season two, because... <laughs> It quite honestly was ridiculous that there was uh, no crossovers until this point.
1: Yeah, it just—I feel concerned that this next episode will be a bit rushed. In some ways, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to wrap yeah. this up with a bow. I don't know if it's going to have a huge cliffhanger. I don't know. I don't know what to expect really. Um, but I'm happy. That I wonder it if happened. it'll be a little longer. Hey, I will. do we know? I would love that. I thought that they said all of them were still going to be like 35 minutes or whatever, max. Damn. Um, but I don't know. We don't even know what this next episode is titled. Um, or anything like that. They've been kind of telling us like a day or two before which episode is coming next. Um, which has been fine, I guess. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, this is one of those ones where I'm like, I'm not really sure what we're going to get here, but hopefully it'll be something cool. Um, we're moving in a right direction, at least. This last episode was a big step in the right direction. Um, yes, I'm trying to think. So, Black Widow, Hawkeye, you know, we we saw in the past what happened. You know, Ultron defeating the Avengers, and then he basically launches every single single nuclear warhead on the planet and destroys all of Earth. Um, which was pretty dark for a Marvel. Thing I thought. I mean, we didn't really see too much carnage. We just saw the explosions happening from high up above Earth, and then obviously just the rubble um, that exists after. But I mean, presumably most of the human race is dead. Yeah, which was pretty yeah. wild. Um, but Ultron, basically, ba- you know, moving on from Avengers: Age of Ultron, believes that you know he wants peace, which means everyone dead. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> he got that on Earth. Uh, and you know, the scene that we were just previously talking about, Thanos appears on earth with the infinity gauntlet. He has five out of six. He just needs, uh, he just needs visions kind of, uh, mind stone there, which is Ultron's mind stone now. Um, but Ultron just um, immediately goes interesting or fascinating or something like that. And then just bisects him in half instantly. Which was just I, you know, I feel like each of these episodes they have a moment where they're just like, "This is our we're gonna fuck with you moment." Yeah, and this was a hundred percent it, and it did its job for sure. Um, yeah, that's for sure. And so at this point, Ultron. I'm just gonna call him Ultron for the rest of the episode, even though yeah, I mean he's Vigil. Ultron. Yeah, um, Ultron, Ultron basically vaporizes the gauntlet and kind of creates an armor that holds all five infinity stones. And then obviously his mind stone is still on his head. And now he has all of the infinity stones, um, which he uses to basically immediately create an entire drone army of himself uh, within an instant. And he kind of creates like this, like kind of like spear sword kind of looking thing that he can use to like point the power of the infinity stones at whatever he wants. Yeah. Which was pretty kind of cool. It reminded me of like a jousting sword almost. Yeah, like a javelin or something. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. Um, but I kind of liked that you know, rather than having the gauntlet, he had a different type of you know weapon that he could use to direct the stone's power at something, which was interesting. Yeah, that made perfect sense to me. Um, and he basically like he he goes through the universe and just starts like just des- destroying the fuck out of every like space place we've seen in the mcu so i'm trying to think yeah. in the list of my head he went to sakar and killed everyone on sakar you see korg you see the grandmaster um he goes to ego the planet ego um and just like instantly blows that entire thing up which is crazy because ego is a celestial um he goes to the sovereign oh, yeah. also from guardians of the galaxy volume two blows the fuck out of that. We see all the guardians there, they get killed. Um what else do we see? We see Nova. Nova gets yep, blown yep, yep. up. Um
0: I feel like we did we mention the the reason I thought it was interesting like the reason why he was doing this is because he had the realization of like, "Oh my god, like there's more worlds out there for me to cleanse and I like need to fulfill my purpose."
1: Yeah, <laughs> like peace in the universe. Yeah. Let's see planets destroyed. Did he get he got Asgard, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um what happened to Thor during the initial fight? Did we see? I think I think all we see um of Thor is when they're kind of at like that center where he's trying to set off the nuclear codes. We just see Mjolnir just chilling on the ground, I think. Ah. Uh, and so he, um, he
0: probably got bisected too. Probably. <laughs> Probably
1: um, let's see Asgard, the sovereign Sekar, and Ego are some of the planets that fall to the AI, which basically looks like a swarm of ants that just like attack these planets. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot to mention this while he's trying to destroy Xandar Carol Danvers comes out of nowhere and starts fighting Ultron, which I totally was not expecting to see her show up, but it makes sense. It totally makes sense that she would. Yeah. Um, and she like starts punching him, and this ramming him straight into the core of this planet, um which was fucking wild because you just see them going deeper and deeper into this planet they're fighting, and it seems like Ultron has kind of met his match almost a little bit um but uh he basically ends up killing her and annihilating the entire planet like almost instantly after like a minute or so um. Which was just wild. It's just like she's beating the shit out of him and then he just uses the stones and the entire space is vaporized. And we're just left to assume that Carol is dead, um, which was I feel like wild. that
0: was another. That was another. And again, power levels are bullshit, but. There's no way she would not have absolutely rocked Thanos in endgame. Uh and it's like it, they really need to power her up in in live action like big time cuz in this I mean in this show she's a god like no one can touch her at all. Uh I I hope we see more of that. It's like I almost don't who is going to be her villain, like who's going to be a worthwhile adversary?
1: Captain Carter, funny. of course. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good heavens. <laughs> Oh boy. But yeah, it's it's a good question, you know. Um all these characters are seemingly invincible until they're not.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: And so I don't know. Uh you know, it's it's one of those weird things where it, it depends on it depends on the story and, and what they want to to do. Um but we will get to that in a little bit because I want to talk about the ending of this whole thing. Um, basically, <laughs> the 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 interesting part of this episode was after Th- or not Thanos after Ultron destroys everything, he has nothing else to do. His program's purpose is done. Everyone's basically dead in the universe um, for the most part, and the Watcher starts talking. And this is when in my head I was like, "Shut up." Just, just shut up. Like, can we be yep. less of a talker or more of a watcher here? <laughs> um, right. And the watcher is narrating, and he's saying, like, Ultron has become a program without a purpose. And then you could tell that Ultron starts recognizing that someone is talking. Someone else is there. And he quickly discovers Uatu's presence and learns of the existence of alternate realities and the multiverse. Um and Ultron basically starts like hunting down Uatu the Watcher uh because he's like wait there's more people to kill basically. Um which was just wild cuz he's kind of like in his own little dimension which was interesting. Um wherever the watcher yeah. tends to be. It kind of reminded me of the kind of the mirror dimension from Doctor Strange um meanwhile clint and natasha are in russia looking through all of their paper records because they're trying to find a copy of arnim zola um their only other ai that's not digital that they can use to fight ultron with um which was interesting i really love that guy's voice i just think it's really fun <laughs> yeah it's like hello frulein <laughs> And I just—that was not the same guy, right? That was a different. No, it was. It was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's just you know it's all the voice acting stuff, but I thought he did a pretty decent job. Um, and so they basically they lure all these Ultron, uh, drones there. Uh, they they upload Arnim Zola's AI to one of the Ultron bots, and he's gonna infect like the hive mind essentially. Uh, But this fails because Ultron is no longer in their universe, uh, which is terrible timing for them. Uh, He just discovered Uatu the Watcher. Um, And so essentially Hawkeye sacrifices himself to allow Black Widow and Arnim Zola to escape uh, this gigantic Ultron drone army that is hunting them down. Uh, which was actually kind of a cool scene. I thought the animation there was really cool. You kind of see Hawkeye jumping down as all these Ultron drones fly towards him and shooting an arrow that causes, you know, a gigantic explosion to kill them all. Um, yeah,
0: it was like, it was a it was a reverse Soul Stone for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was it was, which it was I really cool to see. Um, it was my favorite part of that whole kind of interaction with the two of them. Um, Same. And so this kind of leads to... Ultron breaking into the kind of multiversal space that the Watcher is in. Um, And they start battling each other across different universes. Um, And just visually, this shit was crazy. Like, I don't even know what we were watching, but you just see the Watcher and Ultron fighting each other. And Ultron's using all these different Infinity Stones to fight him. And they're jumping between universes trying to fight each other, escape, blah, blah, blah. Um, and before trying to kill the Watcher, Ultron kind of is taunting Uatu um, for using his powers to just observe the universes instead of you know taking some action, doing something about it. Um, and this yeah, fight... Correctly. Right, yeah. Correctly taunting him. <laughs> um, and this fight ultimately leads to the Watcher Uh, escaping to the kind of collapsed universe that Doctor Strange Supreme created for himself after the events of the previous episode where uh, Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands. Um, And at this point, um, I'm trying to think what happened here. Ultron kind of takes control of where the Watcher was staying previously, and this, the end kind of leads to the Watcher and Doctor Strange kind of forming like a little team to try and take down this threat to the multiverse. Is that how you took that last scene? Yeah, absolutely. And I, that last scene confirmed
0: for me that that is 100% the version of Doctor Strange that we are going to be seeing in the Spider-Man. There is no question in my mind at
1: really? all. Really? Oh, yeah. man, I'm not so sure about that one. I th- I think it's a guarantee guarantee. Damn. I do like the fact that like we were kind of led that this was like an evil doctor strange, right? I really don't think this, this, this doctor strange was evil more so misguided and now realizes that he made yeah. a huge mistake. Um, yeah. And I okay. like that a lot. I think it's an interesting character choice. Um, and it leaves us off at an interesting place at the end of this episode. Um, which kind of leads me to the question of what the hell is going to happen next episode?
0: Yeah, I mean i I'll be interested to see if most of the episode is forming the team or if they get the team formed in like the first five minutes and then it's
1: just uh figuring out how to kill Ultron. So who do we got? We got Captain Carter, mm-hmm. T'Challa, Star Lord. Yep. Um. I don't know. Party Thor. Party Thor, uh, the fancy Doctor Strange, maybe some of the characters from What If Zombies, but I don't really think so. Um,
0: Maybe I, I wouldn't be shocked to see a Thanos thrown in there.
1: Yeah, that would be interesting. Like, what if what if they use some of the zombies to help destroy all the Ultron bots? Oh, I think that's possible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I would really love to see floating head Ant Man again. <laughs> yeah, just because yep. that was my favorite character. I think of yep. all of this. Um, oh, we might.
0: I want to see crazy eyebrows Hank Pym as Yellow Jacket. <laughs> yes,
1: completely deranged. Um, <laughs> and maybe Carol. One one form of Carol would be cool as well. Um, yeah, you would think. Yeah, and so I guess um, what was I going to say? Fuck. I just lost my train of thought. Um, fuck! <laughs> it just like completely went oh, from hate, my head. I hate that so much. Are you trying to think up new character? What characters we could see? I'm just like thinking of all these episodes and how this is going to kind of close out. Oh, I got it. I got it back. Okay. Um, it seems like a lot of the interdimensional threats we constantly saw tentacles popping up. And yep. tentacles kind of lead me to guess that the that the <laughs> I think you've made fun of me in the past for saying this guy. But uh, Shuma Goris uh, from Marvel is kind of like the the mystical tentacle monster. Um, yeah. And he, you know, manipulates reality and teleports and has all these different things, mystical powers. I'm wondering if that'll somehow be brought up again because I just feel like it was too much of a coincidence that Captain Carter saw Shumagoreth, that the Doctor Strange Supreme saw Shumagoreth, and I think he popped up in one more episode as well. Um and so I'm interested to see if that'll pop up in this last episode somehow. Um but it seems like we have quite a bit to go through slash figure out. Um you know and I don't I really don't know how they're going to wrap this up.
0: Yeah, I'm bracing for I'm sure it'll be cool but disappointing. That is kind of what I'm what I'm assuming the next episode will be. It'll be entertaining but but uh, it, I mean it's like trying to do an Avengers movie in 30 minutes. You can't can't be done. <laughs> At yeah. least not
1: not, not well. in a
0: satisfactory
1: way. Yeah. At the same time, we know this show has a second season. Will this season finale oh. end with another cliffhanger, just like every single one of these episodes has previously?
0: Interesting. I think may I no, I didn't think of that, but I think maybe
1: it seems like they really like those cliffhangers at the end. So, yeah, um, yeah, another possibility. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, Do you think the team stays together? You know, I can't help any time we talk about this show, I can't help but think about the fact that they're saying that we're going to see these people pop up in the Doctor Strange movie, and it's just fucking with all my theories. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, that that's for sure. I'm going to go out and say <laughs> I don't think they're going to pop up
0: in the movie in the in the live action. I really don't. Okay. I think at the very least, Captain Carter's going to.
1: Good heavens. <laughs> I hate it so much. absolutely hate Uh, it but all right is there anything else you have for this episode my friend
0: no i was a i was a fan of this one for sure big time fan
1: yeah me as well let's jump over and recommend this bitch not recommend rate this bitch sorry i'm jumping ahead (laughs) of myself as we do on the infinity watch podcast we rate our episodes movies Whatever it is we're talking about, out of six full Infinity Stones, Eric, what are you giving? What if Ultron won out of six full Infinity Stones?
0: I'm gonna give this a strong five out of six for me. Um, Damn, not not quite, uh, not quite perfect, I'd say. Um, but but really good i liked it a lot it was probably my favorite episode it was definitely my favorite episode of the of the season so far so yeah i'm gonna say five out of
1: six well shit if we aren't on the same level five out of six infinity stones for me favorite episode of the season so far if we get some more shit like this i'll enjoy this show a lot more and yes so, definitely definitely my favorite episode uh of this entire show um i really liked it i would like to see more throughput through the show but yeah definitely uh i didn't even think of a four for this one i was like this was a five for me it was fun yeah. i enjoyed it um this is what i wanted this show to be so yeah man we're lockstep on this one i'm glad i kind of yeah. scared you at the beginning making you think i, I know like i was like oh no way how did you how did you not like this one you're like man i'm just shitting on every episode of this <laughs> show. Anyway, i really like this one this one was a fun to watch and uh it was something that was really interesting. I also thought the character design for like Ultron, Ultron vision plus like infinity Ultron, whatever you want to call them. I just thought it was yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, just it was it was awesome. Um, all right, let's jump over to recommendations. Eric, mm. what do you got for us this week?
0: All right, so this is not going to be a surprise to anyone who's been on the Internet Um, if you're listening to this, if you somehow haven't watched it yet, you gotta fucking watch Squid Game. It lives up to the hype. What an incredible fucking show. Um, I don't even know. I guess if you don't know anything about it, think of it. It's almost like a, uh, like a battle royale hunger games kind of thing where (laughs) a bunch of rich people fuck the billionaires. Um, round up a bunch of people in with like crazy debt, like financial difficulties and make them play these children's games to potentially win a bunch of money. But if they lose, they get violently murdered. Um, it's a South Korean show. The aesthetic of it is like really good. Um, I mean, I can't, I'm, I couldn't be more positive about this show. It's amazing. So everybody, uh, I, okay. The one negative thing I'll say is just watch it past the, if you're like 15 minutes into the first episode and you're like, I don't get it, don't, you're about to, if you watch five more minutes. So, uh, the, the, I would say like the first like 15, 20 minutes of the first episode were kind of slow. And then, from there it just ramps the fuck up consistently and it's incredible it's it's really incredible and it's really uh it's really impressive to see such a ridiculously well done and now ridiculously well renowned south korean show because you don't see that literally ever um so it's just really cool to see and also that show is very anti-capitalism and anti-billionaire and uh yeah fuck those people
1: is um so. is, is it in korean i'm assuming
0: it is um they have a either you can either watch it with subtitles or they have a uh dubs the dubs are really well done i think uh all the dub voice actors are like really really good i've I usually can't stand that shit, but it, it, the the voice actors doing the dubs are, are so good. It hasn't I mean, I'm I i do not even think about it. Literally, it um, doesn't bother me at all. So. So, yeah, yeah I, I would. Yeah, I I mean, couldn't recommend it highly enough. Obviously, everybody in the world is talking about the show right now, um, but for good reason, for very good reason. It's really, really good. So check out Squid Game.
1: Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about this show. Definitely have to watch it, especially yes. after your recommendation here. So. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I am going to do two. Um, First of all, go see No Time to Die next week. I'm just going to preemptively oh. say that's good. I've been trying so hard not to go to the James Bond subreddit, not to get spoiled because there's spoilers everywhere. But it seems like people are happy with this one. So just nice. following that's the good. Daniel Craig formula of Good movie, not so good movie. Good movie, not so good movie. Good movie. So I'm happy he's going right. out on a high note. Yeah. I got tickets to go see that Thursday evening. I have never been so excited. <laughs> um, so go check out James Bond. Um, I will talk about it next week on the podcast and give you guys like a quick less, yeah, than, less, less than five minute review of it. I um, don't
0: even I don't want to. I want to hear like a 10 to 15. Uh, get in depth. I want to hear. All right.
1: It. I'll do it. You know, I'll yeah. do it because I'm going to go see it like four times. Um <laughs> Also, this is kind of an off the wall thing, but I've wanted one of these for a while. Um, I bought a sto- uh, a solo stove is what it's called. Um, mm. And it looks like it's like a stainless steel fire pit, but it's just like a big open cylinder. Yeah. And I've Is this like a new? It's like a social media ad that people get all the time. Yeah, it know. seems to be
0: pop- popular right now.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen it like years ago, like a couple years ago. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But they're like 250 bucks. And so I was like, I, I can't buy a two hundred fifty dollar like bonfire It's ridiculous. Um, but it's like designed in a way so that it like it directs the heat uh, through like this like designed stainless steel cylinder so that it's like super hot and everything burns really easily and you can light it up and it's just like you can put it on a deck because it's directing the heat upwards. It's just like a really cool design for like a fire pit. Um, and I ended up getting one, and I love this thing. Like, I just love this fire pit. It's so cool. Um, you know, I light fires in it, and it just like lights up immediately because it directs the heat in this like really efficient way. And it has like a carrying bag, so I could like bring it camping stuff like that. Um, but I just love this this solo stove. Like, it totally was worth the money. Um, and I've been having Is a it- lot of fun with it.
0: Is it powered by, like, do you plug it in, or is
1: it powered by gas? No, no, you're you're still just building a fire like you would build a normal bonfire, like a campfire. Okay. So, like, it's it's literally just a stainless steel, like, cylinder that you have a fire in. There's no gas, there's no plug, there's no nothing. Like, you still put in wood and light it on fire. So it's um, powered by physics. That's right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool, and, and I'm a big bonfire person. I've been having a fire, like, every other night, and just sitting out there and... and you know enjoying the vibes but it also the big benefit as well is it's it's near smokeless the entire fire whoa um because of how it burns and so like every like if you're burning like paper or something it'll like smoke a little bit at the start if you're getting it started that way um but it's basically a smokeless bonfire which to me is like a huge benefit because you're always trying to like avoid whichever way the wind is blowing the smoke at a given time yeah um so yeah it's 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 pretty cool um, and so I highly recommend it if, if you've ever seen it, um, and you thought about it, it's worth it. If you've never seen it, check it out. It's called a solo stove. Um, just, just a really cool toy. Um, and for those, there's different sizes cause it does get a little expensive, but the size I got, I was kind of questioning. There's a Ranger one, which is smaller then there's one that's called a bonfire size then a Yukon size. The Yukon one is really fucking expensive. Um, but I ended up going for the bonfire size and I wasn't sure it would be big enough. But it totally is like I've had like I've had like a few people over and there's plenty of space to have like a bonfire around this, this, this size of the solo stove. Um, and I, I think it's really fucking cool. So highly nice. recommend it. Kind of random, but have to give it some have to give it some shout outs here. So, yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. All right. We will be back next week to talk about the season finale of Marvel's What If? We'll be talking about No Time to Die. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of news between now and then, so stay tuned. We'll be back next week. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, hit us up at Infinity Rewatch, or shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com, and you don't even have to send us anything other than Fuck the Billionaires if you want. You just <laughs> got to make sure that you do, in fact, Fuck the Billionaires.
0: True. Fuck the Billionaires.
1: They'll never see us coming. (laughs) Oh, man. Boom.